ready for this? I got one thing to say. Uh... just happen to be the greatest wrestling machine alive it's all here what a mega matchup universal wrestling podcast i like this kind of party baby Welcome back to the Universal Wrestling Podcast. Before we get to part two of the Chris Dunn interview, I just want to say the support has been strong and the feedback has been absolutely amazing. This is the reason why I became a podcaster and I appreciate all of you so much. Thank you for everything. Now let's get to the interview. Here we go. We're on the road to WrestleMania now. It's <laughs> one of the most exciting times of the year, right? You know, heading over to Saudi Arabia, I know it's a little bit different. Is there any, like, different instructions that you guys get when, when writing for those shows? Is there any more, like, different guidelines compared to any other shows? Because I know that they're a little more hands-on over there. Yeah, you kind of have to respect the culture. Like, I went over to the Saudi show where... Trying to think of what was on the card. I remember Goldberg and Bray. There was Brock and Ricochet. Um, that was my only Saudi show. You know, it's just like, you know, obviously, like, you know, women have to dress differently there. And yeah. um, you know, you I don't remember ever being I wrote a lot of the pay-per-views uh with a, a right like usually like you break down pay-per-views, like having, you know, a writer from each show work on them. Yeah. I don't remember any specific instructions to us. I think it, there are more instructions to talent. Obviously, you can't really drink over there. For some people, it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, but um, but yeah, from a creative standpoint, I don't really remember anything like that impacted on us the actual writing of the show. I think it was more talent and, you know, the producers are probably giving different instructions, but. Yeah, we just, um, over on our, our podcast, I counted out here, we just talked to TJ Wilson and, and he was great telling about uh, just like the impact that Natty and, and Lacey had in their match. Yeah. And, and I love seeing that evolution. You know what I mean? Now we've got three women's matches on this card. Like, I think groups, yeah. I think they're doing really incredible stuff over there. Yeah, I think so. And TJ is also like, you know, for what's worth, TJ is one of the best wrestling minds you'll ever be around. Also one of the funniest guys you'll ever be around. And like, he is such a, he's such an amazing talent. You know, he's produced, he's had such a major impact on the women's revolution and um, WWE is so lucky to have him. Is Fit still there? Yeah. Like, you know, Fit was, when I left, Fit was doing more NXT. Uh, so he was kind of making an impact on the next generation. But yeah, Fitz, Fitz very valuable and very talented. Yeah. Oh, um, he was well, one of my favorites. Him and Regal. Yeah. Oh, man. Those guys had the best matches. Yeah, yeah. buddy. They used to beat the hell out of each other. I loved, <laughs> I loved watching those. I could watch Fit Finley fight all day. He, yeah, him and yeah. Regal are magical. You know, really I, I, I'm really sad that he's not, uh, that Regal's not there anymore, too. I, I think that he's another great mind in the business. Yeah, me too. And, uh, you know, he was really great at finding talent and mm -hmm. I worked yeah. with him a lot at NXT. It was very cool to get to work with him and like very enriching. 
Yeah. And you just learn a lot about the business. Is it something like, you know, obviously you guys are doing a lot of live television every week. You know, you can't control everything that happens. So when we had TJ on, he was talking about uh, some fun stories about having to work with talent or even being a talent himself, changing things on the fly, having time cut like that. Do you have any fun stories or, or like kind of like holy shit moments where you're like, oh, and, and pulling something off like that? I think it's really incredible. Um, That's a great question, Tyler. It really is. Um, <laughs> it happens all the time. Like I, this did not happen to me. I know like before I started this company, like uh, I know a writer had to like literally be sent out to stop a talent who was bombing <laughs> early. It was before the women's revolution, if that helps. Um, put a, peacock. You know, a lot of times, like when you're, you know, kind of in the writer role, like you're on headset calling a segment. What you have at your disposal is you can call the music. Like if you're worried, like timing is so important to the show because yeah. you're trying to accomplish so much. And if your stuff runs over, like you're taking time away from someone else. If you're, if you don't run too long, you have to fill time in other ways. Yeah. Like I remember there was a Street Profits promo we did before a match. I think it was... Some reason I think it was a pay-per-view, which doesn't make sense. Oh, it was a paper, it was surprisingly it was a pay-per-view. We had to extend time in Gorilla for a Gorilla promo. And if you watch the promo, the first like it's it went like three plus minutes because we thought we I think we needed the time for somebody or what, maybe because like because for whatever reason, like it's still pay-per-view too, so you have to have a certain time. Yeah. But they just like were humming and singing for like two minutes <laughs> and it was really entertaining and yeah. really funny the segment was scheduled for like 90 seconds and went, went like 345 and then we found out after it aired that we actually didn't need the time anymore <laughs> <laughs> so uh that was frustrating like i know there was for me my favorite live segment that kind of went wrong as a testament to how awesome kevin owens is when kevin i was producing a roman reigns jay uso kevin owens segment on smackdown and jay god love him uh jumped his line really early and he he, I think, accepted the challenge for a match before the challenge was made. <laughs> so it's really like awesome. Like you see yeah. in the segment, like I was just like, well, we're off the rails. I was on headset and like, you know, we're trying to figure it out. And like yeah. we're trying to deliver directions to talent through the referees that are, or people that are inside. But like, yeah. You know, Roman's a pro and Kevin's a pro. So they like figure it, they reconstructed the segment in ring to kind of get to the point where the match happened. And like the music, I hit the music, I'm leaving Gorilla, but Kevin realized like he missed like some story points that were important weren't hit. So Kevin just grabbed the mic and started kind of like got the music to shut off. So yeah. like I'm literally towards the, I, I, I think I sh like shook like Bruce's hand and Vince's hand. I was leaving. So then I just like turn around and get back on headset when I was like, you know, about like 10 feet away from, from my station. Um, there was also like for raw reunion, like we were, Oh, I was like, there. Oh, and well, actually I, I forget if it was raw reunion or raw 25. It was in Tampa. Oh, um, I think Brooklyn was raw 
25. 25. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was producing a lot that night. It was my first time back on the road in a minute. And I, I was, I produced like the, you know, the DX segment that night, which was like really cool. And I was producing like a Samoa Joe Roman Reigns promo. We were really late on time and we really needed to stretch it out. And Roman just like, I, I can fill time. So like he's there and he yeah. just like, it was a very long entrance, but it didn't feel like it. But he like took in the moment, took it in. Yeah. And he, it showed you what like a real star can do. But he was just like, he he's he's at the top of the game because he can really feel moments. Yeah. Like if you look look at a lot of wrestling now, both in promos and in-ring work, it's just always, you know, in-ring spot, 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 spot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Breathing. Deliver, deliver, yeah. deliver, deliver. You know, that's not how like TV and film are. That's not how real life is. Like yeah. you need to like feel things. And Roman is so good at feeling moments. Uh, Seth Rollins is so good at feeling moments. That's why like, you know, like when they sell, like you feel it. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, it, it's what creates drama and matches. It's what creates mm-hmm. emotional gut, like gut punches and promos. Yeah. And those are the guys that can really do it. And that's why like those people are at the top. I always think of that Roman promo he cut the night after he fought Undertaker at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. And he just stood in the ring and, you know, he played the crowd, boo, boo, every time he brought the mic up. And finally, he just looked him dead into the camera. This is my yard now and left. I I thought it was so powerful. It was an amazing segment. Well, Triple H did the same thing, right? Triple H really good at that. Like, those felt, those like Triple H matches, like, you know, a lot of them like sometimes have like the same beats, but like they always matter because of how he, yeah. how he works the camera, how he works the moment. Yeah. You, know, you mentioned like the Raw reunion there, and they that's when they bring back a lot of the legend and stuff. And always, you know, we see the legends start poking their head around around WrestleMania season. We got Goldberg back right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the rumors of Austin. Um <laughs> What happens when when you know your Goldbergs and your your Triple H's are, are finally done hanging it up in the ring? And who's the next generation of guys that they're going to turn to? Because you said earlier, you know they're having a hard time making these new stars to that level. What, what's the next play when when these legends can't lace them up anymore? Austin it's interesting. Theory. Like, what's up, Austin Theory? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no comment. Um, uh, I. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I think that's part of what the NXT rebranding has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, like, what works, you know, it's tough. Like, I think there are reasons why, like, a lot of the people who, like, really broke out were not, well, on the main roster, were not NXT darlings. Um, because, like, at the end of the day, like, it's a publicly traded company. Yeah. You're trying to attract a mass audience. And, you know, like what works a lot of times for wrestling fans don't bring in like a mainstream, like you don't really see like, you know, Kurt Angle, his Hall of Fame, every wrestler should watch Kurt Angle's Hall of Fame speech. Yeah. Like that guy, you know, Talking about how like you can change, like Kurt Angle was character was a doofus. Like he did Jimmy Crack Corn, he did the milk stuff, he did all this stuff, but it got him over. 
Yeah. Like Edge got over with Christian doing like five seconds of flash photography. Yeah, the kazoos. Yeah. And like that <laughs> stuff, that stuff made them ready for the main event. Yeah. Um, and I think like a lot of the times, like when there was an issue with like talent coming up and not being able to do, you know, the WWE, like not be able to show that they're an entertainer as well as a wrestler. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, fans blame WWE for their booking or how they're treating like some, some of that NXT talent. Like, you know, like there, there was NXT talent who had like everything handed to them and did not work out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, with that being said, I, I just want to clarify and be on record. I think it's bullshit that, like, you know, I think some things may have needed to change at NXT. And obviously, I'm biased because I spent a lot of my time at WWE at NXT. Like, at the time, like, writers from Raw and SmackDown, pre-SmackDown going to Fox, would, like, fly down once a month when they would do the taping in full sale. And I did that for about two years. And then um, my last, like, six to eight months of the company, I became like a liaison to NXT and I would fly down um, and be down there for a bunch of shows. And during the pandemic, I was even living in Florida for a little bit, just so I wouldn't have to travel and be a health risk. Yeah. Yeah. Every NXT taping. Um, uh, I don't think anybody should have been let go from NXT, like from a producer standpoint, especially Road Dog and, you know, Dave Kapoor, Runjin Singh, like, yeah, I think the company is worse off today for not having them. Um, Road Dog, if you let Road Dog do his own thing, he would create the most wrestling show in the universe. Um, and I think those SmackDown shows were that he oversaw for like his first like eighteen months to two years were just banger after banger after banger um, because he gets he understands like the, the Vince element of what Vince is looking for, which a lot of people are looking for. But he also understands like the wrestling fan element. And like, you know, he would kind of say it like when they met here, yeah. that's when a perfect show is. And you can't always do that, but you know, he, he had a good track record and like, I owe a lot to him. Like I, for my time there and I learned a lot about wrestling being around him. Uh, same thing with Dave Kapoor, like, you know, that guy gave his body to the business. Yeah. Uh, and I think he had an amazing effect on creative in a positive way. Um, and I think the company is worse off for not having them. And, uh, you know, NXT, you know, maybe needed a change about the people that are pushing and like start looking at like a younger generation. Cause like, you know, as much as like a lot, like, listen, I worked with Unspeed Air a lot. I love those guys. Writing for Cole was a blast. Yeah. Um, but like the more you, when you start to pull off like older indie guys into the company, you know, you only got so many bumps in your bump card. Yeah. Um, and I think like, you know, if you're like, I think going with a younger group is better a lot of times. And like for, for what you need to accomplish long-term when we're talking about creating new stars. You know, I've been a fan of, of the WWE for all 37 years of my life. Uh, and Damn. the one thing that, that you know, I've, I've noticed with the product right now, and, and I, I don't think I'm the only person, is that we're getting a lot of maybe repeat matches on, on specifically Monday Night Raw. 
uh, what maybe like could you shed some light on on why there's so many you know, matches that are the same every week? Uh, is there like a reasoning behind that? Is there maybe some last minute rewriting? And do you think that that benefits or helps the product? Uh, maybe giving away these matches every week on TV instead of building towards one of the pay per views. I think you're more beholden to the TV licensing deals for Raw and SmackDown mm-hmm. more so than the pay per view deal. Um, because that's where you're making more of your money. Um, and it's kind of a lifeblood of the company. Um, and you know, you, those are at least as important as the pay-per-views now, if not more so. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think you kind of have to look at through for like a business lens. One, two, you know, uh, it's a three hour show. That's 52 weeks a year. And, um, yeah, it's it is what it is. Like sometimes you have to go back to a rematch. Absolutely. Uh, but like you know, and you also have to service the audience watching TV because there are there's Netflix, there's this, there's like you know, Hulu, there's Apple, there's all these different platforms. So you kind of like I think giving away matches on TV is like. You know, I think I, I think the the better thing is to build two matches on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I remember, there was a during the pandemic, there was a Randy Big Show story during the PC tapings. They really spent like six weeks being built up, and it did a really good rating. Yeah, Big Show, you know, always rated well, but did a good rating. And it was a shitty match. Um, I think part of it was like you know not having an audience on the PC, but it was just a very it didn't feel it didn't get what it deserved pretty much because of the pandemic. Um, and big shows, big shows a little older at this point. Um, so I don't think like giving, I think like, I think you should build to any match. Yeah. Uh, I think you need to protect money matches for either the pay-per-views or TV. Um, but like, if you're doing like a, I don't know, like two, Make Carter's like a couple times. Like I don't think you're giving something away. Mm-hmm. Like nobody is going to pay for like a a yeah. card match. Um, I think it's on the job of the writers and the producers and the talent to f- keep it fresh every week. Um, and there are ways to do that. Um, sometimes it's easier said than done, but I think you know anybody can put a three-hour raw together yeah anyone can and jimmy jacobs probably said this the best like anybody can put it together but then it's tuesday morning you come to the office put another three hours together for next week yeah and then do it again after that and again after that and again after that so that's why you get repeat matches and like you know depending on the match um you um, they're in different segments of the show for a reason because you have number, like you see ratings and you see numbers and you kind of go from there. Yeah. And then um, additionally, um, you know, it's when it comes to like pay-per-view matches. Yeah. You know, a lot, there's a belief that the rematch always does better business than the original. Mm-hmm. 
So a lot of times if the story is good and it's being repeated on TV, it'll do a better number than the original. Yeah. Um, and two, like, listen, it was, uh, and that was like me, like I, I got thrown off by like giving matches away. Like I was very much like, I was a big proponent of doing Samoa Joe and Roman on TV when Joe got called up uh, to WWE, like to, to Raw, because for the people that don't have NXT, don't watch NXT or never watched, you know, TNT or not TNT, uh, TNA or Impact, like they don't know who Samoa Joe is. But like doing a, uh, having Joe in the ring with Roman elevates Joe immediately. Thousand percent. Uh, and same thing too, like, you know, Keith Lee obviously didn't work out, but like Keith Lee getting called up and being in multiple matches with Randy Orton and then Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Like that should, that guy is being given everything he could to be elevated. Um. So, so yeah, like you're giving stuff away, but you're elevating in that, uh, yeah. in that, in that particular sense. Um, and two, like, listen, it's the repeat matches on Raw are a are part of it is you have a split roster, and you know half the roster on Raw and half you know or certain whatever percentage on Raw and whatever percentage on SmackDown. Yeah, and um, you're going to get repeat matches on that. Now that being said, like, I think it. It's a, it kind of goes back and forth, right? Um, like you get repeat matches, but you get like AJ Styles as a world champion. Yeah, which is awesome. Get, like so, it's like you lose something here, but you gain something yeah. there. So yeah, it is, it is what it is. I hope that's that cool. Wasn't too rambling. No, I think that's cool. No. I think it's really cool to hear the the more business aspect side of it, you know, because it's real easy for the fans to go, oh, I'm watching Jeff Hardy and Kieran Cross three weeks in a row. But there's a reason behind it. Like you said, the numbers could have drawn the week before you go back to it again. Like, yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. I, I like to hear that. Uh, I like to hear that aspect like, of it. Sometimes even as a writer, you're, you're surprised what draws. Let's do it again. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's really cool to hear that side of the story. Two more questions, and then we'll yeah, let sure. you go. Uh, Biggie, the title reign so short. Then he was moved to SmackDown. And it's just like he's back with Kofi. What's the haps? Well, um, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it does. I, I, I definitely feel for Biggie. He is uh, as a obviously he's an amazing talent. He's even a, a much better person. Um, this is this is something that it's it's there are exceptions to the rule, but when yeah. you can't um, when you can't deliver what you advertise, the feeling is in wrestling is always to give something bigger or give something unexpected or give something different. Yeah, and that has over the last year has been a couple of people in the ass. One is Biggie, you know. Like as soon as I as soon as the it got reported that Roman wasn't going to be able to make the show. Oh yeah. Like they were gonna do something different. Yep. So I get people talking. Um when Sasha couldn't make SummerSlam, 
they were going to do something different. Uh, I, I, I don't think the, I don't think the execution of how they did that. I'm still sore about that one. Yeah. Um, but, um, I, I think you could have done that differently while getting the same result that made both people feel better. And I think like, you know, it's kind of where you go from there and like, you know, when you get into Brock territory, like, yeah, things are going to be different. It's like, you know, I, you know, I saw some people tweet that you should go to like Brock and Biggie. And I did not love that idea because Biggie, you know, probably would have to like lose there in a big one. Yeah. Um, you know, because like at the end of the day, like, you know, from a psychology standpoint, if Brock is a face and the objective is for Heyman and Roman to fuck over Brock and put the title on Lashley, it is going to be more meaningful to fuck over Brock and have the title on Lashley than it is on Biggie. And I mean that in a way as like everyone likes Biggie. So yeah. if you do it there and like it's kind of like, well, Roman's the heel, but he's helping like a beloved face. So it's kind of weird in that sense. Um, so that that's a bummer. I think, you know, it's kind of where you go and yeah. the person after the fact. So like, you know, taking the title off Biggie sucked. Like maybe it was maybe not being there. Maybe it's a necessary evil. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of a storyline you put him in after. Um, so I'm not sure why he got moved to SmackDown. Um, yeah. You know, like when I started out the company, like Jack Swagger was on Raw. We had his contract go up so he could move to SmackDown because SmackDown didn't was having an injury problem. So I'm not sure if that's it. Um, but I think like until, unless you were going to reunite the New Day as a trio, I probably would have you know, kept them apart. Yeah. Um, I also think like Kofi could be a Roman opponent. Big E could be a Roman opponent. So I think having them separate would have been a good thing. Yeah. But I always think it's where you go. Like, you know, Kofi lost the title to Brock and it wasn't, it was, it was frustrating. Yeah. But there was supposed to be like an interview the following week. Um, and it was placed late in the show and it got cut for time because you weren't going to make the 10 o'clock news. And I think yeah. that really hurt Kofi after the fact. Um, and that's what we were kind of talking about before about like hitting your times and stuff. Like that's why it's important. Yeah. Um, because you don't know how it will impact someone. So, you know, like I, I would have kept, I would have kept Biggie in a sick, like if you're taking the title off of Biggie, fine. There's going to be a sympathy around that that may actually help him. And I think a lot of times, like when you have, you know, babyface champions, it's a babyface territory, or at least used to be. Yeah. Um, where babyfaces draw. Uh, I think, though, like when you have somebody like Big E, like having him on the hunt, having that sympathy behind him could have really helped him. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not really sure what the reason is. Yeah. But sometimes there's stuff behind the scenes where sometimes somebody has to be a team player. Um, but, you know, for whatever reason, I, I rather see. Biggie as a single star right now until you reunite all new ne- all three members of New Day because like outside of a brief run on Raw like 
with Biggie as champion, the New Day hasn't been together in a minute. Yeah. Uh, it's been like a very long time. Um, yeah. But I would have, I would have rather focused on building Kofi as a single star, as a future Roman opponent, and I would have rather uh, Biggie stay on or stayed on Raw um, as a single star, and like whether he's with whoever he's facing, you know, just continuing to build him for the next moment. Yeah. I was going to ask you something about Roman, but I just feel like this should be the last question. Do you miss it? Not really. Um, like, I think you, you kind of hear athletes talk. Yeah. A lot of times. And like, you know, when they retire, it's never the game. It's like all the stuff that comes with it. Yeah. And, you know, I live in Los Angeles and I, I have a, I have a nice house with my girlfriend and like, when I started that job, I didn't have those things. Um, and like going on the road every weekend, like leaving her would be like really, really hard. Yeah. And then too, it's like, you know, creatively, like I, I wrestling, I, I will always love and will always matter to me. Like I, you know, I fell in love with it when I was seven and it will always be a part of my life. But a lot comes with that. It's 52 weeks a year. It is a lot of work. And also like, I love a lot of things. Like I, I love comic books. I love comedy. Yeah. Um, I love, I love writing. Like I love writing my own stuff and creating characters from scratch. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it was very hard to leave WWE. It was very hard to kind of give my notice and, and go, but um it was time and like over the last year like i've made a lot of great new relationships in, in los angeles yeah and you know just really um, i'm thankful i made the move but like you know like occasionally like i'll miss writing for like our truth or the prophets or bianca or like working with them yeah um the viking raiders too those go those are my guys you know, old school NXT, like doing an like, undisputed promo or doing a Gargant Champa promo. Jeez. That was like really fun, fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but, and like last year, you know, I did all the old spice 24 seven web series, like all five of those episodes. Like I, like that was, that kind of helped motivate me to leave. Cause like, yeah, I was kind of given like carte blanche. Um, uh, and enough rope to hang myself. Um, and I really kind of realized like, man, like I really did something that was, you know, I, I worked with talent that I really love. Like I fought very hard to get Bugenhagen in it, uh, which was a, a battle and a half, um, both like internally. And then like old spice was like, we don't, we don't, we want somebody like scrawny. We don't want somebody big. And like, we had a bunch of like, no, like the joke is like, she's all that. He's like the Rachel Lee cook. He's like, like muscular all along. Yeah. Um, but, um, and like, I kind of, in doing like the old spice stuff, I was just kind of like, you know, like, man, like this, it's good. It's really good directing. Like, like that was like a, a multi-million dollar project. And, uh, you know, when you're dealing with brands like that and that much ad time and like you have like a real crew 
And like when you're directing crew and you're writing like jokes like that, and like, you're kind of, you know, doing those offsets, like it really inspired me. And it was like a very tough decision to leave, but, um, and like, I miss people, but I, I'm, I'm really happy with the decision I made. That's great. Chris, I love that you came back on. I appreciate it so much. Well, listen, you guys are, you guys are awesome. And, uh, you know, part of the reason I came back on is because I really enjoyed talking to you and, and thank you. Uh, and it's a good podcast. So anytime you guys want to shoot the shit and, and have a drink like we are now, I'm, I'm always yes. down. And uh, you guys, uh, a lot like looking past my monotone voice. So <laughs> oh, would you stop it? Chris, give the people what they want. How can they find you on uh, Twitter or uh, Instagram or anything like that? Oh, uh, Twitter, it's at Doniverse or at the Doniverse. I forget what. Um, but yeah, just uh, if you want to find me, you'll find me on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, if it's cool with you guys, uh, I am going to, I don't have the information at the moment. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be um, organizing a leukemia and lymphoma charity that um that is going to involve some auctioning of wrestling stuff um i'd love to come back on and talk about that as it becomes once yeah. it gets to the season for donations because it's a very important cause and a lot of um the organization i'm working with has done a lot of innovative research and um has made like a lot of breakthroughs in not just you know those types of cancers but all cancer so um yeah if i can come back on then to promote this cause i would love to do that absolutely 100 percent. we'll promote that over on the count out podcast as well two for the price of one for you here love there it. you go up love in it. canada my right? man toronto's finest podcast over here. hey by the way i'll tell you what uh toronto one of my favorite cities uh to travel to for wwe yeah, uh, doing a SummerSlam there with both Truth hiding. Two of my favorite, two of my favorite moments in WWE Toronto were the SummerSlam where we had Truth hiding in, in the foreign announcer row. And then, <laughs> oh yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. I was, I was there. Yeah, that was like where Truth and I started to become good friends, uh, just because he loves us so much. There was a lot more that we had to. We had like a crazy party, uh, SummerSlam party that we had to kill and. We did that instead. It was so fun because, like, no, it's when you're watching those. I'm glad those guys get their time, but when you watch the show, there's like not a more boring part. And then uh, to replace the party story, we did a Street Profits Ric Flair segment. Um, and, you know, producing Ric Flair live on television is a very scary thing and it worked, <laughs> out, worked out really, really well. So a very proud. This a, a favorite segment of mine. And then the next day, uh, carrying the story on Raw, where Dawkins is drinking a gallon of water because he's hung hung over after spending that. With his <laughs> so player. funny. Yeah, that's great. Love it. I was at that summer, Sam. You know, you talked about uh, Spud uh, at the oh, fan yeah. access, at the fan access that year when Truth was doing his pictures with the. Oh, I was. The, I produced that segment, and he, oh, he was yeah. dressed up as yeah. the fan or whatever. Yeah, I had to. We got all the Cena stuff. I put it all on my credit card, and I, I had to fly up like last minute for that, and I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. And we had like a very we had a five minute rehearsal window which was very important going back to like when you're talking about the Times Square thing, because like you're doing this on concrete 
uh, if they hit their head, you're fucked. Yeah. Um, so like going and like, I had like the, the, the PA go with Spud and get like all this Cena stuff. Um, and it was, it was great. It was, it was so fun. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I just happened to be waiting in line, I think, to meet Sammy Zayn. Uh, at the, oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, I just, you just hear, whoa, whoa, what's going on? You look over and there's Spud <laughs> running. I'm like, what the hell's going on over there? That was really cool. That was really cool for sure. Tyler, yeah. take it away. Where can we find you? Everything's over uh, at Counted Out 7. Instagram, Twitter. We just celebrated our 100th episode with uh, TJ Wilson. We got uh, Jacques Rougeau coming on for an interview soon. So, you know, we've had Bill Apter, Nikita Koloff, you name it. But our bread and butter is the top seven countdown. We do a different countdown every week, talking a lot of the history of professional wrestling. It's a total honor to be here with both you guys. Nick, as always, great job. And Chris, it was great getting to meet you, man. Like I said, open invite to come on and and promote uh, anything you're doing with that leukemia charity. Yeah, let's do it. And you can find us on Twitter at the UW Pod and Instagram at UW Podcast. Peace. 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 Thank you for listening to another edition of the Universal Wrestling Podcast. Check us out on the web at uwpod.com. You've got mail. Or send us an email. We really don't know what we're dealing with here, man. Info at uwpod.com. Universal Wrestling Podcast. Nobody does it better.